Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my friends Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. My first question for both of you uh, is, I'll start with Emily, um, which guest other than Paul Reed is most likely to start a game for the Sixers, as Paul Reed did just last night? Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to say Allah. Yeah, great answer. Because he's there a lot, and Dan now has to pick a bad answer. Exactly. Dan, you're not allowed to take Allah on this one. Yeah, that was was probably the best answer. But, you know, I'll go with Zach Clark. He just seems to be all over the place, you know? Yeah, good athlete too. He, Zach Clark running the New York stuff. City Marathon right now. Right, so he's he's in shape to do it, and he's a Reebok athlete. I saw he posted that mm. Zach Clark is now a, a Reebok athlete. I'm going to go with Molly Sullivan, uh, friend of the podcast, also a good athlete in her own right, mm. and I think uh, she would do a great job running the point for the Sixers. The Sixers, who are great, they're great. They keep winning. They've won six in a row. Last night, they won a close game in Chicago against the Bulls, who have had a very good record this year and who have a bunch of good players. And the Sixers are now dealing with some, at least like some level of a COVID outbreak that we're sort of like yeah. every day a new player has COVID. And we're just like, yeah, well, all right, moving on. Like, <laughs> he's out. It's like, he's out. Let's bring up Aaron Henry and what's his name? The first round pick, uh, Jaden Springer. It's like, hey, yeah, they won't even play. Like Maxi plays 45 minutes a night. It's like he's young. Who cares? Um, so, so, but they just keep winning. You know, the Sixers keep winning. Last night against the Bulls, a great game. Joel looks like himself. Finally, you know, he has like a really good shooting night. He is talking some shit. He took an absolute swing at Lonzo inadvertently. I don't know if you guys were watching this. I caught this live but you know joel it was towards the end of a quarter i think towards the end of the third quarter and he's dribbling towards the baseline and he dribbles it off his own leg and he's very expressive and the first thing he does is he swings in anger but lonzo who had come over to double team him was like right there and it looks exactly like he was punching lonzo in the fucking head and like you know people in chicago were upset that it wasn't a flagrant i mean 
if Joel had connected on him, like, of course, that's absolutely a flagrant too. Like, if it, Joel had connected on him, Lonzo would have went flying oh my god the floor. he would have been concussed like I that's mean, how would've... you knew like he didn't hit him because right. he wouldn't have been able to maintain his like footing on the floor right i mean so they called it a technical do you guys think that was the right call like for me he he like nipped his hair maybe a little bit like emily was that the right call obviously thank god he stayed in the game they won the game but like for me, it's just a matter of did he or did he not connect? Because it was very obviously an accident. He wasn't angry at Lonzo at all. Like, he had no idea who he's there. So for me, it's like, did he hit him or did he not? And since he didn't, it's not a flagrant. You know, like, that, that's where I'm at. What, do you, what did you think about that? Yeah, I think the technical is fine. Because um, I think they needed to call something greater. Like, they had to call something due to keep the, like, keep control of the game because I think if that had gone as like a no call as in like he didn't hit yeah. him then like shit would have erupted right. um so I you think you can't swing your arm like crazy in the middle of a play like that. Yeah. game um so I think and like the fact that like Lonzo wasn't hurt Lonzo stayed in the game like Lonzo continued to play well I think that all kind of like settled it and I think it was fine but man if he had connected Dan, uh, do you do you agree with that? Do you think that a flagrant was warranted there, or do you think it should have been even less? You know, do you think a tech was the right call? Yeah, I'm good with the technical. I don't see how you call a flagrant foul when there wasn't a foul. Right, um, right. Like, I don't think it's fitting. And it was after the play, so it's again not really meeting any criteria for a flagrant foul. Um, yeah, I'm fine with the technical. It was pretty reckless and and just like not a smart play not play just like not a smart thing why to was do. he doing um, it like was it a celebration world uh-uh. no no, no. He, he was mad. upset he was mad at himself because he dribbled the ball off his foot oh but yeah you yet. just yeah you can't do that i don't think he he certainly didn't like mean to hurt anybody but it doesn't change the fact that like he could have so yeah. he shouldn't have done it i hope he doesn't do it again he didn't know lonzo had come to double him so he was he was he thought he was one-on-one with uh Vucevic. and lonzo had come on his sort of uh uh, weak side to to double him and and he just didn't know and he like pumped his fist in aggravation at himself <laughs> and, uh, and he almost fucking decapitated Lonzo. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was a great game, like really impressive stuff. Furkan was seven of nine from three, just absolutely killing dudes out there. His, he's off back the he bench. It, off the bench. He missed the game with his wrist thing. B-ball Paul started the game um doc after the game they asked him about that he was like we just fucking tried it he was like i'll tell you there was no analytics based in that he was like we wanted to put some size on derozan and he's we like, just like, tried he's big yeah he's we like, played him he's like i looked at his basketball reference page he, apparently he's pretty tall and like we tried it um and i think it's kyle newbeck who tweeted last night who was like b-ball paul is like a testament to that to the fact that like trying really hard is a skill and like he just is like he tries so hard and doc said after the game that like if paul's on the court and there is a loose ball bebo paul's gonna get it like and that matters like in these games where like the sixers do not have a bunch of speed and 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 his athleticism and speed and just like randomness and chaos that he brings to the court is really helpful and 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 he had like 10 points and five boards and he played maybe 25 minutes and it was impressive i was happy to see him out there what did you guys think of the way uh, B-Ball Paul performed? And let's just go, you know, over overall on that win against Chicago and then just the Sixers through 10 games who are eight and two. What do you think, Dan? Well, I missed the game. So 
great. Uh, I can't give you anything on that. But I have, you know, watched the other games, and I think they look really good. They still have the number one offense. Their offense just clearly looks better. Like, it looks like the offense is better, and it's not, like, in spite of Ben not being there. It's like, it's like the offense is better because the spacing is really good, and they're making shots, and everything that people claimed Ben did didn't actually matter on offense. Like, I was a little bit worried about playmaking, but, like, we have enough guys who've been able to step up and, like, Believe it or not, all of your assists don't have to come from one guy who dribbles two feet inside the three-point line and turns around and tosses the ball backwards. Like, the offense looks great. The spacing is better. Joel has struggled, but even then, like, I was never like, oh, if Ben were here, Joel wouldn't be struggling because he was just missing shots. He was getting good shots, and he was taking the shots that he wants. I think they look really good, and I love Nyang. I love Drummond. I love Korkmaz. Like, the, the bench is legitimately oh excuse me it was legitimately like fairly deep and like has i am more confident in this year's team to be able to keep scoring the ball when joel is not on the floor whereas really but compared to any team that we've had like i just furcon's been unbelievable yeah yeah uh you know the the thing for me is that like Joel has Joel has not played well offensively for the most part. He played well in the, I think the first Detroit game, uh, but until last night and they, they had the number one offense in the league despite that. So when you look at this team without Ben, I was like, there really isn't aren't many players who will create advantages and create easy buckets. And I underestimated a doc's ability which we'll talk about Doc, but like his ability to run an offense that will get them shots and get the ball moving. And like the number of just adequate passers on the team between Maxi and Seth and Niang. And a lot of this offense stuff is helped by every shot that Seth has taken going in. Uh, Tobias is a solid passer when he's in there. I've been just incredibly impressed. And I was just so happy to see Joel look like Joel uh, last night, which is obviously, you know, this isn't breaking news, but him looking like him you know, means that they can be whoever they want to be. And it's yeah, really cool. So Emily thoughts on last night in particular, and just their, their eight and two start throughout 10 games. Yeah. So I also didn't watch the game last night, <laughs> um, but I did watch two highlight YouTube videos this morning. So that's something. Um, but yeah, from what I saw on, on YouTube, they look great. Um, the Furcon was seven from nine from three is amazing. As he said, he made it rain, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. He has turned into also, he's really funny in post-game yes. interviews. Yeah. Like last, that was Lauren Rosen. And then in the media availability, B-Well Paul's phone went off and he was like, oh, that's $50 fine. And Paul's like, I don't do these. So I don't know the rules. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but yeah, they've looked really good. And I think we gave Doc a lot of shit last year for his coaching. Like you have all this talent, blah, blah, blah. Like, why can't you make this team work? And I think at least me personally, kind of underestimated how difficult it must be to coach a team where there's one and I I said I was going to stop talking about that but that there's one guy on the team who you have to get the ball because he's a, a star but when you get the ball get him the ball then you you he won't shoot the ball so like he cannot be like the end point of any play because he will not take the shot and I think I, at least me, I underestimate like how difficult that must be to coach around. And also like a problem that doc probably hasn't come across in the NBA much. Like there's not many players who 
demand the ball in their hands so much who don't shoot. Like that's just like an anomaly. So it must be really nice for him to coach this team where you can, you know, anyone on this team will shoot the ball. Like he said that, like, if you, if I make a draw up a play for Furcon, I know he's going to shoot it. Like it might not go in. It has been going in, but it'll, he'll shoot it. So did Doc really say that? What? That anyone on the team will shoot the ball or are you saying? No, I, he said that about Furcon. He said, if I, if like he's if the place for him, like he'll shoot the ball. Like, yeah, Doc said it. Yeah, Doc said if the thing about Furk is if you draw up a play for Furk, he's going to shoot it. Like if there's like a tiny, tiny, you know, piece of air or whatever between him and his defender, that the ball is going up. I so I, I was like, oh my god, like, did he really say that? Because that would have been a very clear shot at Ben. It's like, oh, everyone here will shoot. No, no it didn't seem like a subliminal. Yeah, that wasn't no. the way it came <laughs> across. Um, so I just think that must be must be nice for him. And it's it's really it's working for this team. He was like, Yeah, we went with the like one big man four guard lineup last night that worked a little bit like he's just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and it seems like he's having also a lot of fun as the coach he seemed like he had a lot of fun last night too whether it's because he didn't know what was a thousandth win or not but he seemed to be enjoying himself and everyone seems to be having fun and the fans are having fun and it's eventually going to crash around us but let's enjoy it while we can you know yeah we can we can sort of uh go to talking about doc now at the end of the day, it will come down to the playoffs, like whether or not they actually win something that matters in the playoffs and whether or not they get out of the second round, all of this kind of stuff will come to the head to come to a head in the playoffs one way or another. And that will be what determines whether or not this season was good or bad. But I do think that probably the discourse around doc went too far in the other direction where it seems like the, the way fans talk about him online is just that he's like a complete moron who doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't think that's true. And I, there are things about him that frustrate me. I think that of course the, the Danny green in game one against Atlanta was absolutely nonsensical. And like, he was really bad in that whole series. And and there were lots of things I wish he'd tried. I wish he was less stubborn with his rotations, but again, I think for lots of old coaches, that's the way they are. But I think that he does a lot of things really well. And that now people also say that, this type of team, where the team uh, appears to be, at least right now, at a talent deficiency, and he can bring them up to being a, a very good team, he's, he's more adept at doing that than taking them from being uh, very good to being great and elite. And maybe that's true. I guess I would argue that the limiting factor on the Sixers for the last few years has been the lead initiator who can't shoot. Uh, instead of the head coach, whether that is Brett or Doc or anybody else. Like, the problem has always been and will always be that. You know, as long as that exists, that's gonna, you're going to run into that problem every time. Like, if, if that guy's on the court who has to have the ball or else he's useless, then, then like, what, what do you want him to run? You know what I mean? Like, you're always going to run into that. And, again, we're not talking about him uh, unless we absolutely have to. But, like, so I do think, like, I think that, it's always easier to blame the coach. I also think the players like Doc very clearly. Like, uh, it's very clear, especially that Joel likes Doc. And I think that in the NBA, it, it really is important that you have a player that matters. And Joel is absolutely a player that matters. A guy who was second in MVP last year could absolutely be in that conversation again this year and every other year. 
And it really matters that he likes the guy holding the clipboard. And he clearly does. You know, you see the video from last night of them all. I love that video of, of the assistant coaches celebrating Doc and then all the guys dumping the water on him. Um, Joel is jumping around like a madman. Like, absolutely jumping around. And I'm like, please stop. You're going to fall. Yeah, like, be careful. <laughs> it seems like that win meant a lot to, uh, to the guys. And Doc, absolute blatant lie that he had no idea he was at 990. Just like complete fucking lie. I love these lies that Doc always tells. Jimmy um, Lineham in the post game was like, oh, I believe him. Like as a coach, you don't, you don't know. And I'm like, someone told him before. Of like, course, the Sixers have a PR guy who's like, Doc, just so you know, like they're going to ask you about this. Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's not I'm not like saying he's counting, counting it down on his whiteboard, yeah. but yeah. he knows. For sure. Doc, Doc was like, I don't count. It's like, okay, we don't think you count, but we think that somebody told you that you're at 999. <laughs> you're, you're about to be like 10th all time. So anyway, uh, I like Doc. I don't think he's the reason that they lost in the second round last year. I, you know, don't think he's a perfect coach. You know, coming out of last year, I would have chose a different coach probably. But if Joel wants him to be the coach, then I want him to be the coach. And like, I think he's a lot better than he gets credit for in the city. And he's doing a fucking fantastic job so far this year. And any thoughts on Doc uh, right now and, and, Sort of like how much credit would you give to him? And, and then like to who else would you give the credit right now for this kind of start, given their sort of situation off the court? I mean, I would give Doc a ton of the credit, like, like more credit than I would give anyone else, probably. Like with all this happened, everyone is still like happy to be there, who's there. And you know the players who are playing through everything that's happened are are happy and engaged and playing very well and the team is first in the east with a lot of guys out and like he does get a ton of credit for that and i think you know joel gets credit all the leaders in the locker room get credit uh and everyone gets credit who's had to talk with the media and answer questions about other players and and all of that i think that that's a you know that's a tough thing to to go through even for some of the younger guys that's tough but everyone has played really well and yeah doc is not a bad coach and he wasn't the reason they lost in the second round the reason they lost in the second round was because their players didn't play well enough and it's like i'm, I'm willing to put some some of course just like i'll give him some credit when the players play well but like tobias was really bad Ben was a disaster. Like, that's why we lost. We didn't lose. Like, there's only they first they had to play deep because they had to keep taking Ben out. They had to keep they had to keep uh Joel's minutes low enough. And the the bench was like not very good. And you had to kind of play those guys situationally. So like how how many points like his rotation sucked, sure. But like if you don't run all bench, then like you are not having as many minutes with like Ben and Joel together. Ben was a lot better with Joel. So it's like, you're not maximizing that. So it's like, it's not like you can just get rid of these all bench minutes and, and have like nothing but winning lineups. Like you're not going to have that. You're going to have bad lineups on the floor with the team that they had. And like, I, I'm fine with the criticism. I just like, it didn't cost them that many points to the point that that's why they lost the series. Like, that's just not how the game, the games went. And like, how, how many times did 
like the bench struggle and they put the starters back in and they couldn't stop the bleeding. Like it's not, it's about the players who are on the floor. And so, yeah, it went way too far in the other direction on that. People were freaking out when Doc suggested starting Shake over, over Maxi. Shake's been way better than Maxi to start the year. I love Maxi. When Shake has been like, when Shake has been like, not quite starting last year, Shake, but like, he's been good, and he's been, he's been. I think they're probably their best guard. Um, Maxi has had some really good games and some pretty bad games. Um, but like Shake does things well. Like I know Shake struggled, but like Doc is with him. Doc is seeing him in camp. I'm sure Doc could see that like Shake is looking better than he did. Like it's not like Doc played Shake through playing bad. Shake fell out of the rotation entirely. Like barely played in the playoffs. It's like Doc. Like he's not dumb. Like he's watching these guys. He sees what they're doing. And like the, I, my main frustration with Doc was always how he handled the Ben stuff throughout last season. I thought it was like silly and that's gone obviously and i i'm like cool with what he's doing i i get if you want to like nitpick at certain things but like he's an nba coach he knows more about coaching than i do and like i'm not saying i have you have to be a coach to judge a coach but like the team is winning the team is first in the east so i don't know what you like what are your criticisms right now like what do you what do you have to say he's clearly like with a team that's going through like a a COVID outbreak and couldn't get their star going and their other all-star is like not playing involved in all this drama. They're eight and two and they're first in the East. And he gets a ton of credit for that. You know, the, uh, they're clearly, they won't really say as much of this, but they're clearly galvanized somewhat by the Ben thing. Like, Forget the recent updates. Like, forget that stuff that we're not even touching. Like, on a basic level, the second best player on the team uh, was a big reason they lost against Atlanta and then said, I no longer want to play with these guys. Get me off of this team. He Like, he straight up said, this locker room of guys, I don't want to play with them anymore. Like, maybe that's not his intention. Maybe this reason, that reason, this reason, that reason, all of the ones that he gave everybody else to the media, maybe those are the more important reasons. But like on a base level, he's saying, fuck off. I don't want to play with you guys anymore. And like, I am sure that these are prideful guys who like don't love that and like have responded in this way. And Doc has has helped them respond in this way, which is to say, look who we can be just minus you. Like not even, you know, with you, with the return that we get, you know, once we trade you, but just minus you, like, here's what we can do without you. And I'm just incredibly impressed by that. The, the feeling going into this season we talked about was so weird with everybody waiting for a trade that hadn't happened yet, that, that might not happen for months. It was so weird. And, and the whole time so far, they have just like completely rolled with all of it now, including people having COVID and just like, gone out there and won and and had no fractures within themselves and and it's been really impressive emily thoughts on doc and and you know sort of the ways the sixers have been able to withstand what they've been able to so far yeah i agree with mostly everything that you've been saying um i might have missed some of it i had to handle a dog emergency downstairs Is she but okay? uh yeah she's fine she got herself trapped in my bedroom and she, mm. she can't open the door. She doesn't have mm. thumbs. So she was barking Stop. to be let out. 
And then I put her downstairs and realized that she ate an entire bag of treats. So that's good. Um, <laughs> she's really thriving down there. Killing it. Yeah. But um, in regards to Doc, I think going back to what you said a while ago about the players really like playing for him. And I think he just does more than just X's and O's. He does a good job of keeping the players together. He said a bunch of times that like this group of guys really likes each other. They, they go out, they hang out, they, they, you know, spend time together. And I think that that's not something that we heard a lot last year or two years ago that we always hear a lot that like, Joe, like Matisse and Tobias are friends and, but Joel is kind of like, he likes to go home and like play video games, but I don't get that sense this year. It sounds like, and it's also probably because of like COVID that they probably can do team dinners and stuff now, which is nice. Um, But it seems like all the guys from the sense I get that all the guys are participating, all the guys are going and they're really enjoying spending time together. And I think that that's reflective on how they're playing together on the court too. Yeah, Joel said that I think in the first week of the year that he's been, which is something that he said that he didn't really do earlier in his career because he's more um, introverted, that like he's been partaking in these team dinners more as like a front facing leader of the team, you know, because it, it, it helps to know more about each other's lives and all of that. I mean, the Horford and Richardson year, I can't imagine they shared a coffee. I mean, they fucking, no chance. No chance. Um, all right, we're going to have an ad break. After this ad break, we are going to give an ever so brief update on Ben Simmons. We are going to answer your questions from Twitter. We're going to talk about lambs and sheep. We're going to introduce our uh, new intern, Drew, and then we're going to predict next week's games. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. This week, Ben Simmons, the update is that the Sixers have resumed finding him. Uh, the, from Woj, the Sixers find Ben Simmons 
$360,000 game salary for missing Thursday's game. I don't know if they've find him for missing Saturday's game uh, against Chicago yet. I'm sure we'll find that out soon. I think uh, it was kind of implied that going forward, he'd be fine. Yes. Uh, and plan to resume finding him until he cooperates with team physicians on his mental health issues and fulfills other basketball related obligations. Within that, uh, it basically said that Ben has not been participating in any shoot arounds or film sessions, what have you, and just is not providing sort of basic updates on his mental health meetings and, and appointments and what have you. Anybody want to mention anything on this before we keep it rolling? Um, Here's a, here, I, all, all I'll I? say, I don't know. All I'll say is I really, really, really don't think the Sixers would do that unless they're very confident that like something is up. Now, if they're wrong, and if they are doing this recklessly, then that's fucking shitty. And that, like, they should not do that. If they are doing this because they're petulant and being, like, stomping their feet, I think that's wrong. And, like, they should give him space. And, like, like if this is because he went with the NBA PA, NBPA mental health professionals, that's shitty. Like, he has every but right they, to they do have that. reported, they have reported right. that he's Correct. missing things in the t- He's not going to film sessions. He's not Correct. doing... I'm just, I'm just giving like the other, like, yeah. if, if it's the other angle, then I think the Sixers are wrong. I think that it's wrong of them to do that. But if we are to believe the reporting as it is, which is that he's basically refusing to participate in the bare minimum that they're asking him to, I think that we can probably think that they believe that he and Rich Paul are angling this thing in a certain way uh, given their stated desire, which is to get him out off the team. That's about it. I don't want to guess any, you know, about the rest of it. But but I just think that they don't go ahead and do this in a public forum uh, unless they are fairly certain that that more is afoot here. I also just want to add that, like, you know, I, I think a lot of times when people talk about, like, oh, like, it's important to, like, destigmatize, like, mental health. And, and like, like, I don't think that this... Like to be very respectful, I don't think this has to be like a big hush hush topic. Like Ben is, is, if Ben is seeing someone for his mental health, right? And you would treat if you want to treat that like you would treat an injury from the perspective of the team, which is like you know Ben can have whoever he wants do a surgery and he can do go wherever he wants for rehab, and the team doesn't need to know what he's doing every second in his rehab sessions, but like you would want a timetable on like how Ben's ACL is going. Like you might want an update on like, it does, what does Ben think? Like, does Ben see himself playing for the team? Like, like this isn't, is this isn't the kind of thing where you can just leave your job and just like say some, so like you're have like some big mental health struggle and you're not going to come and they're just going to pay you and not ask questions and you're out indefinitely. Like, they're they're within within the context of the last four months like right within but the, they're, the, but yeah. they're right to ask like i'm not they i'm not saying that he owes them like any specifics but they're right to like of course their interest is like wanting to know when ben will play and like wanting ben to participate in the things that like he's able to participate in like if he doesn't want to play the games but he's in the he's showing up to the facility it seems so 
like what is he doing there if he's not like doing things he's not doing anything with the team he's he doesn't seem to be like talking to the team still and he's not going to film sessions or sure and it's like like of course they're frustrated and like of course you're going to get fined for that and like I don't think that there is like I think it's natural for a lot of people to look at this and be like compare it to like if how their own employer would be treating them and I just don't think it's a similar situation because again like Ben is Ben not being fined was predicated on the fact that he was having like a struggle with his mental health whereas like a normal person would want their employer knowing none of that because like to be worried that like their employer is going to be like a terrible person and fire them or something uh like this is like like pertinent here like ben already brought this to the team like he already told them and he and gave it as the like the reason that he's not playing is what he told them so of course they're asking like like will we be back i just don't i i I refuse to think that that's something that they should not be allowed to ask him like obviously he might not he might not know like he might be like like, oh, like, I, I, I'm hoping, you know, this time, but like, I don't know when I'll be ready. And like, but like, he's, if they're not telling, if he's not telling them anything, what are they supposed to think? I guess like they're not just going to pay him to be out indefinitely with, for no real reason, with no real update. That's if it were an injury that they wouldn't, that wouldn't fly. It wouldn't be like, Ben is just gone because he tore his ACL. And like, we don't even, we don't know when he'll be back because he hasn't told us like that. That's just not how it works in the league. I guess what I'll also say, I think that strong arming him into being at the facility and playing or practicing is a fucking stupid fool's errand. Like, I agree with you. Of course. Like, what's your upside here? That's where to me it feels like what's the real point? Especially if he has a mental health issue surrounding this topic. That's where to me it's like, what are we really winning in this? Because like the team's doing great. Team's doing great. Everybody's loving it. They're playing well. They're cohesive. This guy doesn't want to be on the team and is now struggling at least to, in some level as it relates to that. Does not want to be a part of anything. I, I just don't get why he thinks uh, Mike Sielski for the Inquirer wrote an article just about how nobody's going to win in this. Like Nobody's going to come out of this in terms of Daryl or Ben looking like the winner. Just trade him and move on. Just move on, everybody. Like, stop strong-arming him. Like, I understand by the CBA, like, why they're going the path to find him. But I sort of think at the end of the day, you're not going to end up looking good. And you end up looking petty because, like, everybody knows what the deal is. He doesn't want to play for the team. The team is fine playing without him until a trade comes up that you like. So just, like... Let him be. I, I would just let it be. Truly, like I mean, I know, agree. I would pay him to stay home. Just but pay him to stay. Like I, I, I agree. Precedent wise, the they don't want to like, do that. You know. But the thing is, if they're not going to do it, like it's and it's this is not just me saying like oh like Ben like owes them something like about, I'm not even talking about right and right and wrong. It's literally like in his contract. Like it's like he like he's like obligated. This isn't this isn't my like. There's a reason, like, you give some stuff up when you're signing a contract for $32 million a year. And, like, that's why, like, things like that that are probably kind of uncomfortable are in a contract for a guy making all that money. If he doesn't want to tell them, like, I mean, that's fine. Like, he can do what he wants. But also, I understand why the fine would then come. Well, I would, I would hope that Rich Paul will just find a way to fulfill the very bare minimum 
to continue as this is while Ben can get checks. Like just to can, you know, whatever. I, I don't exactly know what that means. Emily, do you have anything that you want to uh, add to this sort of uh, update from the other day? Um, the only thing I'll say is like, I'm originally, I was like, oh, this is kind of gross that they're finding yeah. him again. But then I'm reading more into it. I think that they kind of have to find him again. Otherwise, other players, it's like in their agreement with the league and the union. Like it's, they have to let the team know what's preventing them from playing. And he's saying it's mental illness. Therefore, he has to give updates on it. Like that's an agreement that as a member of the players union, he agreed to and the teams agreed to, he has to do it and he's not doing it. So I think that Kyle Newback wrote a really good piece about it and kind of like broke it down and kind mm -hmm. of took the grossness out of like finding someone for their mental health issues. It's not they're finding for the mental health issues it's because the mental health is what's keeping him off the court. It's not like he's going through something completely separate. He's using it. He's saying that this is the reason he can't play. Therefore, the team is is has a right to have knowledge about like what he's doing to get himself towards playing, and he's not giving them that. But as Wait, far that's as like the big thing is this like if he were playing and he were seeing like uh, someone he was talking to like a therapist or something they like, would have no right to any they of that wouldn't, information they and ask. that's fine right yeah so that i think is the part as far as like him coming in for film sessions and stuff like i don't really care about that he can stay home but i do think that i don't want to say like if ben is saying it's his mental health it's his mental health then he should be talking to someone whether it's someone he the sixers appointed the players union whoever I don't care but like the least he should do is be doing the work and he's not even providing evidence that like he's doing any work at all besides mm -hmm. sitting around um I'm not saying that that's true I don't know what's true but that's all the team it seems is looking for I don't know I mean he doesn't yeah. want to play for the team but you would think that he would want to play for a team and if the I mean then he needs to do some work to get back on the court. Like he's going to get traded and be like, I'm cured. Like not that, cured, but you know what knows? I mean? Like that's no, I know. really weird. Right. We'll see that, that I, I really, really hope we all find out soon, you know, that, <laughs> that a trade happens and we find out soon. Um, we solicited Dan solicited on Twitter for a few Twitter questions. Uh, Dan, any non Simmons uh, related Twitter questions, and non-audio related uh, questions here for the for the podcast that you want to throw out there. Let's see. Okay. First question was, what do you guys know? What do you guys recommend or know about refinancing a home? I don't own a home, so if anyone uh, anyone has any thoughts, Emily. Um, I don't know anything about it. I'm looking to buy a home soon. So I'm in the, the first financing of the home, not the refinancing. So I can't help there. If anyone knows anything about actually purchasing a home, though, let me know because I know nothing. I know um, less about this than I do about NFTs. So I, I can't help you. Mm. Emily will get back to we'll get back yeah. to this in a, in a few years when <laughs> Emily refinance. All right. Well, the Sixers end up with four all-stars, Joel, Toby, Seth, and Ferk. That's the list oh, of yeah. ones. Uh, no, but probably one. That'd be fun. I think Perfect. two. Who's the second? So, who do you think? Realistically? Yeah. I think Joel and... I don't know. I want to say Seth. If Seth keeps playing like this, it'd be hard to keep him off. He's definitely going to be in three-point contest. 
which will be fun. I hope it's brother versus brother. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah I just the, have a hard time seeing the Sixers getting a second All-Star. Who would it be? Well, if they're first, if they keep winning this many games, they'll try to find them one. So if Tobias yeah. comes back and plays enough games and he's scoring 20 points a game, it feels like him. Because Seth is probably going to be around like 16 points a game and no real other stats. So I don't know. I mean, it, you know, if Seth still have, has like a 70% true shooting percentage, maybe him, but I don't know. Uh, any others? Yeah. I do think they'll try and get them too, though. Especially, like you said, if they keep winning, they're not going to let like the fourth yeah. team in the league in the East yes. get two, and the Sixers get one. Like, right? They just won't. Uh, what is the first city edition jersey you guys are going to get? Now, Steve will probably get a jersey if they make one. So, I, I am more in. I like a jersey. Um, I would get it. No, but I would. I also would get a hat. I like hats, so I would get one of the hats for the retro. Who's whose jersey would you get? I mean, certainly Joel or Joel or Maxi right now, probably. And then Maxi would be traded right away. Uh, what about you guys? So for me, it's hard. I have I have really bad jersey luck. I have purchased two other jerseys in my life, and those people were traded very quickly. Um, which was sad for me. Who were they? Covington? Um, no, I have my my first, like in all the sports. So I got a, a Phillies jersey and I wanted a Cole Hamels jersey. And my dad was like, no, he's going to leave soon. Get a Hunter Pence jersey. So Hunter <laughs> Pence jersey. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also have a Connor Barwin jersey and he got traded not that long after. But he's still like a very Philly guy. So that one is is fine. Yeah. Um, I do, I do have a Joel City Edition, the gray ones. I have that already, so I don't want another Joel jersey. But I'm afraid to like get one and then have them be traded. Mm -hmm. There's like no one outside of Joel that's like stable long term. Yeah, I would. I already, I also already have a Joel jersey. I feel like I would get Furcon. I was gonna say Matisse. Matisse is probably good. It's gonna be my pick. Okay. If I like had to. Furcon's a fun one. Furcon is a fun one. So here we have we have Drew here in the waiting room, and we can bring him in and involve him in the argument that's about to break out. Uh, and then we, Wait, can we have a couple him. more questions as well. Though. Oh Christ! Go ahead. <laughs> actually, we have like one more. This All is right. from Remy. Uh, Remy, we love. We actually, we just yes. discussed this a bit, but he was saying, "Who do you?" You know, who or what contributes the most to the current great vibes? Could you rank them? Can they last? So I think the only part we didn't really touch on is can they last? And I'm going to say, yeah. Yes, I think as long as Joel stays reasonably healthy, they can last. Who brings the most to the vibe table? Probably the young guys, I feel like. Like, I feel like you get stability from from, like, Doc and Joel, but, like, you have like B-Ball Paul and Maxi and like, yeah, like these are like the upbeat guys who are bringing that kind of energy. I feel like I get the feeling Danny is important in the locker room. Like they do that thing before the game where they bounce the balls high. I don't really understand what they're doing, but it seems like fun. <laughs> um, they have a um, lot of rituals that they do together. Lots of ri- they make somebody dunk that it seems like a punishment. I don't really understand what's happening, but it's great. Um, yeah, that's that. I, I think Tobias is sort of like 
chairman of the team morale as he has been, I think, since he's been here. So I do think he's important there. You know what I need? I need more plain videos. I need more plain Instagram stories. Those have really fallen off in recent yeah. years. And I used to really enjoy them. There was like a Chick-fil-A moment. Right. Um, there was a time that like Tobias hid Matisse's cell phone in the seat and he couldn't find it. That was very funny. Um, I need more plain content. So for all the Sixers that are listening, that's what the people want. Yeah. More plain content. I would love that. <laughs> <gasps> all right roscoe's walking around he's he might, on the move he might do something right now i certainly hope not i <laughs> uh i certainly hope he's not going to do anything bad is gab home hoping not yeah hey there she is <laughs> all right she's coming out she's gonna walk up great this is good content coming on to the podcast right now is uh drew he's our new intern uh here on the podcast he's loading on as, as Gab takes our other intern, Roscoe. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hi, buddy boy. That was me talking to Drew. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Drew, are you there? Yeah. Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, yeah man. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. We're very happy to have you with us. Drew, can you give us like your three favorite all-time Sixers just so we can get to know you as a Sixers fan? Man, well, that is a loaded question because up until about, I would say, game seven of the Atlanta Hawks, Whoops. it was Ben Simmons. It, it was took that Simmons. long. Um, <laughs> I was a loyalist. I thought he could, you know, improve as we all were praying for, and it never ended up happening. I've kind of had to reconsider. Definitely Tyrese Maxey's up. I love Matisse right now. Is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I was a big fan of Dario and uh, TJ McConnell probably is number three just because literally I play Rocket League with one of my best friends and every time I'm like messing around with the other team, I like, oh, I'm TJ. So he has to be up there. What exactly is Rocket League? Oh, it's a good game. So, yeah, this? so rock. It's card rocket, soccer. Yeah. Card. It's it, a card game. No, it's car soccer. Somehow like I know it, less about. It. <laughs> you have a you have a car and you play soccer with the car. It's a video game. You actually, yeah, it's, oh, a, it's a video oh. game. Okay. And, that was the missing uh, piece of this yeah, whole okay. situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say T.J. McConnell is still very present in my everyday life. So I love that. We love TJ. All right. Should we get into the, the big debate here? Yeah. All right. So it's Friday night. Uh, I'm watching a movie with Gabrielle, who just took what out movie? Roscoe. It's called The Lamb. I'll have you know. Ah. It's a movie by A24. And um, it's a weird movie about, about a sort of half lamb, half little girl not really material for the story, but it is, it, is, it is a weird movie. I don't know if I recommend it. Uh, and then there's lambs in the movie and there's also sheep in the movie. And I go, that's cool. There's lamb and there's also sheep. And I was thinking, boy, you know, it's funny that the sheep are really protective over the lambs. And I get there um. in my head. And then in a vulnerable moment, I had been drinking amaretto, 
What did Gab have to say to this? Nothing nice. I tell her in a vulnerable moment, I have something to tell you. (laughs) I did not know that a lamb was also a sheep. That a lamb eventually became a sheep. And she was embarrassed on my behalf. And told people, of course. I think it's a good thought. I mean, I thought I thought the same. I thought they were different. So I dial one eight hundred Dan and Dan and Emily. I, I call. I ring up my good pals Dan and Emily. I say, guys, did you know that Lamb was a sheep? <laughs> Dan, my buddy, goes absolutely no idea. I didn't know until you told me. <laughs> he goes, I, had no I was today idea. years old when I learned this. <laughs> I found out from you. It goes, I have fucking no clue. Emily says something to the effect of, you guys are fucking morons. Emily goes, <laughs> Emily goes, you guys are fucking idiots. I go, you, Emily, Emily thinks similarly to Gap. I tell Emily, what about Jordy? What about Emily's husband, Jordy? Let's get him involved. Uh, she, Emily asks Jordy, who's in a movie theater. I say, I don't know emergency call him whatever you have to do ask him now what does he have to say did he know jordy goes uh yeah i knew that he's a fucking liar okay i don't know like he's a liar that's not something people know that's like advanced stuff like that is this is advanced that's like it's like if you ask an average person like calculus like what like 10 percent of people if that know how to anything about maybe less than that no nobody really knows calculus right like it's like that kind of thing drew i ask you now and, and this is a safe space. You will not be made a fool of. Like, this is, this is just between us. Did you know this before we told you, or Emily, I guess, told us that a lamb became a sheep? So I appreciate you giving me this, this safe space to talk about this. Um, Great. I definitely and 100% side with Emily. Oh! And Gabby, I knew this. Yes. I, but I, I will give the disclaimer that I don't think you guys are idiots. I'm not going to sit here and say that you shouldn't know this random obscure fact. Like, I don't necessarily recall how I remember it. I just do. I and have a theory. That, Drew, do you theory? celebrate Easter? Oh, that's right. Okay, so no, I do not. Oh, there goes my theory. <laughs> <laughs> Theory debunked that was quick. Emily said that she thinks that uh, uh, something about celebrating Easter uh, made you more likely to know lamb and sheep. Uh, so Dan has one Jewish parent and one non-Jewish parent. So Dan is going to call each of them <laughs> and ask them if they know. Now, Drew, this is going to give you maybe a little more work in the edit here because I think we'll cut out some of the ringing. <laughs> put an ad in right before and then when we come back have it just be like a minute of ringing so that people are... <laughs> oh man all right here we go so wait, wait who is this the father or the oh yeah sorry this will be my dad who is catholic okay and andrea said that there's something in the bible i don't i don't know if she reads the bible but she said there's something about being catholic that would make you know that she agreed with whatever Emily oh, said. i, don't I am also catholic so I think that they're like referred to interchangeably. I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, uh, we're doing a podcast right now, and I have to ask you an important question. Okay. 
You're on, by the way. So say hi to Steve, Emily, and Drew. Hi, Steve, Emily, and Drew. Hello. All right. Hello. Important question. Did you know, before I say it right now, that a sheep and a lamb are the same animal? I did not know. <gasps> oh! Wow! Right. That's okay. Great. Thank you. <laughs> That's all. Love you. <laughs> It was not on Jeopardy. It was, uh, it should have been though, because I don't know how anyone would know that. That's like, uh, that's, that's a great final Jeopardy question. That's too advanced or, for me. Has she been the land the same? James would have gotten it. Yeah, for sure. Aaron Rodgers would have bungled it. All right. Love you, dad. All right. Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right. Wow. Final, final. So, this is like one of those I'm, investigative podcasts now. I know we have to come up with what's our new theory though wait what is the what is the Easter theory I just think there's a lot of lambs and sheep at Easter celebrations and so I thought that that's why wait so now we need Dan's mom yeah (laughs) Jewish Dan's mom yes my Jewish mom well she better pick up Ruining our data collection. Maybe I should ask if she would have been available at two for a call. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text her if she doesn't answer. I have a Jewish mom on call. If we need, I can call yeah. a Jewish mom. Nope, nope. Should I? Yeah, call her. Yeah. I'll text yeah. my mom. I feel like your mom will know. I think maybe it's, I don't know. I just, Are you pivoting to it being a girl thing now? No, the because Drew and Jordy also both know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Lambs and sheep are the same or women. Right. right. It's ringing. Can you guys hear it? No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If we okay. stop talking. <laughs> Never. Your call. Oh, damn it. Well, listen, we tried. Maybe if we'll get anyone a has, one of them. If anyone has any other hypotheses, mm-hmm. please tweet them at us because this is really <laughs> important. This is our first big investigative journalism piece. Yeah. <laughs> I have another anybody, one coming up. So yeah. Gosh. Any more any more thoughts on this? All right. So let's get to our predictions uh, for the week here. This week, the Sixers play at home a back-to-back with the Knicks and Milwaukee. A tough one there. Uh, and then Toronto at home, and then they play at Indiana, uh, I believe, Saturday night. Uh, so it is home at a back-to-back against the Knicks and Milwaukee, and then home against Toronto, and then at Indiana. Drew, you go first, buddy. What do you think? All right. So I think they'll probably just go three and one, and they'll probably lose to the Bucks on the back-to-back. There's, I don't see any way we're winning that game, but mm-hmm. I I'm going to put money on the line that we're just a solid team and we're going to win these games that we should win as we have to begin the season, except for the next game, which will be a great rematch. I think we'll edge that one out, but I think we'll go three and one. We'll lose to the Bucks, and we'll keep the one seed after it. Dan, what about you? 4-0. Oh. 4-0. You feel yeah, great. I don't, I think we're we're not gonna lose. eighty and two. Is this what is like super positive, Dan. I love super positive. Unbelievable. Dan. All you have to do yeah, is it's take amazing. That I love all Dan. I get when I thank you, Emily. But it's, it's different. Like I was pretty down after that Nets loss because the team really. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't remember, <laughs> uh, but 
but the, the team mostly because the team was feeling like last year's team, which like honestly, I really didn't like last year's team. Uh, I loved Joel, and that was it. Uh, and I like this team. Like I think that they're fun. They're way more fun than last year. They're not. They're different. And like, like I think they're like they're playing better right now, but they're also just different. I don't feel like I know that they have a certain ceiling anymore. And I'm really enjoying it, and it's uh, it's bringing out the optimistic. Emily, uh, what is your predictions? And then also, what are the standings like right now? Yeah, so I'm also going to go 4-0 because picking an extra loss screwed me last week and mm. picking any losses screwed me last week. So I'm going back to my tried and true. They're all they're going to win all the games. Um, and then the standing. So I'm at six and four and you and Dan are both at seven and three. So I won't gain any ground on Dan this week, but we'll see what you do. So I agree with I agree with uh, Drew. I think Milwaukee on the hey buddy. I think Milwaukee on the second night of a back to back is tough, but they win the other three. And uh, so then, uh, if my predict if Drew and my prediction happens, they would be what eleven and three. And if you guys are right, then there'd be for uh, whatever twelve and two. It's quick math. Um, that's it. That's it for us here um, on the Gastroenterologist News. What a rollicking episode this was. This was a good one. Um, <laughs> this is a good one. Um, please you have to uh, introduce Roscoe. Oh yes. Yeah. So so Gab you and I right now mentioned him. Yeah, Gab and I are fostering a very sweet dog named Roscoe here in New York through a um, rescue named uh, Muddy Paws Rescue. Um, and if you are interested in adopting a dog, we have uh, not yet submitted to our baser instincts and uh, failed the foster and adopted him. So if you are interested in adopting a dog, he's one year old and he is eating his own foot right now. So uh, yeah, there's a lot to like. He's really sweet and he's uh, basically house trained and he's been, he's been great. So yeah, you can re- let me know and I can tell you how to get in touch with them if you're in the New York area looking for a dog. Follow the uh, Gastro Blues pod. Uh, follow our own feed. Uh, at, uh, <laughs> he's walking in the background. Uh, the Gastroenteritis Blues. Uh, we'll be back with you at some point in the, in the middle of the week here. Um, anything else that we'd like to plug? Hey, Drew, where, where can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, so my handle is thepelt13, P-A-P-E-L-T-Z 13. Um, you'll find pretty much exactly what you'd expect from a college Sixers fan. Um, Love it. That's about it. Great. Anything else from you guys? Um, Go ahead, Dan. Emily, you go, you go. Okay. I was just going to say that I support the rescue that Steve got Roscoe from, but I support you getting another dog from them because I think Roscoe belongs with Steve and Gab. Um, but I'm sure they also have a lot of other cute one-year-old dogs that eat their foot there and you should adopt one of those. Adopt or shop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Here's all I'm going to say. I just really want to stress again. We're going to have an episode midweek. It's only going to be on the new feed. And I, I, I think it's been a while since we really walked through what you got to do to subscribe. So, you know, we have these. These will come out. These will be on the new feed too, but they're also on the Liberty Ballers feed. Our midweek pods are not on the Liberty Ballers feed. So if you just can't get enough of us for some reason, then midweek, we have another podcast. And we have, believe it or not, enough to talk about for a full podcast. So go to where you get your podcasts. You go and 
you you type in, you go to search and you type in the gastroenteritis blues, okay? And we have our own feed there. The gastroenteritis blues, colon, a Sixers podcast. That is what it's called. It's not called the Liberty Ballers one. You want to subscribe to both because there's other good podcasts at Liberty Ballers. But if you want to get all of our pods, you go, you listen there. And you, have not, you don't just listen there when you know one came out. You have to subscribe. So you hit the button, whatever the button is to subscribe, you hit that button. And if you happen to subscribe on a place where they let you rate the podcast, then you should rate us five stars preferably, but really just rate us at all. We only have five ratings on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate everyone who rated us. Super nice. Leave a review, you know, let us know what you think. You can complain about us. That's fine. Just as long as we get the five stars, you could say mean things, to be honest. I'm, I just want the stars. I want more stars. I don't have enough stars and it's, it's not good for my ego, to be honest. So just go on, give us some stars. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, maybe listen on Spotify. I don't know if you can rate on Spotify, but on Apple Podcasts, you can. Go give us some stars on Apple Podcasts and then listen on Spotify. You could subscribe on both, you know, like, why not? It's free. It's completely free. It would be really good. It would make us feel good. And uh, yeah, do that so you can hear our midweek pods. Love it. Good seeing you guys. Drew, thank you for being here. And we're very excited to, to have you with us going forward here. And, um, and that's it. Love you guys. We're out of here. We'll talk to you in the middle of the week. Love you. Be safe and be great. Be safe and be great.